Happy Bruise Day Tuesday, everybody. My name is Caroline King, and you're listening to Bitch Beer. joining me today. Ugh, I hope everyone's okay out there. This Delta variant is no joke. Also, Hurricane Ida. It. I was just home in Louisiana like a couple of weeks ago, and then this giant hurricane comes through um, on the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina at that. I was, I was in Louisiana. I grew up in Louisiana, so Hurricane Katrina was my senior year of high school, and that was just lots of trauma that my therapist and I love to unpack right now. Um, but no, seriously, the, I mean, this hurricane is no joke. A category four hitting the shores is a lot. So if you know anybody from Louisiana or anybody connected, just shoot them a text. Let them know you're thinking of them. Um, my family got out safely. Thank goodness. Um, I, I mean, evacuating in the middle of a COVID outbreak, that is really, really, really just challenging to say the least. So thoughts and prayers for Louisiana. Stay posted. I will be posting on my Instagram some relief efforts. And then also I will be working with um, a local business here in Atlanta. So please um, check out my Instagram this week. I'll have updates later this week with what we're doing. Um, but just keep it on your radar. I don't have anything yet because we're still trying to assess everything. Um, but yes, um, anybody from Louisiana, I'm thinking of you. Uh, we 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 did it during Katrina, and we can come out even stronger now. We're gonna be okay. So thank you for that little. Thank you for letting me have that little side note. Um, today's episode is going to be so exciting. I have an incredible guest today. Uh, this woman I have been trying to get her on the podcast for a while. She's so busy and she's so wonderful. And of course, the amazing Jen Price connected us because she's just an amazing human being. Um, give Jim Price the Atlanta Beer Boutique a follow on Instagram. She posts a ton of inspiring, amazing stuff. But um, today's guest is none other than Dr. J. Oh, my goodness. This woman is such a powerhouse, such a true gem in the beer industry. Uh, she runs Crafted for All. And the mission for Crafted for All is to empower craft beverage organizations to develop inclusive, equitable, and just practices that drive success, build communities, and inspire individuals. So... I mean, it doesn't get more badass than that, pretty much. Um, so that interview is really great. And then I have a special bonus interview. It's an update with Jen Blair. We talk about her amazing, fabulous new job. And then we also talk about a very important beer coming out called Brave Noise. So definitely give that a listen to. Listen all the way through. And I'll have updates at the end of the podcast. Hope you enjoy. Cheers. All right. And I have 
a very special guest today. This is Dr. J. Oh my goodness. Hi. Hello. 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 How are you? Oh, it's, I'm so good. I'm so, so, so happy to have you here on Bitch Beer. This is just so exciting. Jen Price connected us and this is just an amazing, exciting experience. So thank you for being here. Yep. And props to Jen. <laughs> so Dr. J, for anybody who doesn't know who you are and has been living under a rock for the past five years, <laughs> um, please introduce yourself and tell us uh, what you do in the beer industry. Sure, sure. Um, I am Jay. Um, people call me Dr. J and I'm not mad at that. Um, <laughs> I am a former college professor. Uh, I used to be a professor of communication and cultural studies and uh, my area of research was actually about the American beer industry. So I've wow. been researching the industry for a very long time. Um, I am the founder and principal of a consultancy called Crafted for All. Uh, we help craft beverage organizations, not just in beer, but all over craft beverage, um, develop more inclusive, inclusive, equitable, and just organizational practices. Um, through Crafted for All, I have a partnership with the Brewers Association. Um, wow. And through that, that partnership, um, I am their equity and inclusion partner. So hold a staff role at the BA um, through wow. that partnership. Um, and then because, you know, all the free time, um, I also am the executive director of a, a nonprofit organization called Craft by EDU. Um, and we help um, provide um, specifically education and professional development for people who are looking to bring industry as a source of um, employment. That's really incredible. You do so much. Oh, my goodness. That's that's a lot. And so with um, Crafted, so um, so crafted for all, um, that is your organization. That's your consulting firm, correct? Mm -hmm. And so that's correct. That's great. And it's, um, I, I mean, just looking for your, looking at your website, there's just so much information on there. So if someone were to, um, go to your website and want to hire you, what exactly would be what you do when you get to this organization? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, and the answer is changing. So, um, you know, COVID was such a, okay, first COVID is a son of a bitch, but Ooh, second, yeah. <laughs> um, COVID was a moment where a lot of people had to like really reconfigure what they were doing and how they were doing business. Right. And that was certainly, certainly the case for me. Um, you know, I had just left my faculty appointment at the college where I was teaching to kind of do this beer thing for full time. And then COVID hit, like right after I made the decision. Oh, um, and I lost all my work in like 10 days. And I realized it's because my work was all at events or it was all like traveling on site to where clients were and I couldn't oh. do either. So, but thinking about, okay, what the hell am I going to do? How am I going to eat? Um, made me really look at what I was doing. And what I realized was that I, I wasn't serving the industry particularly well. Um, because either I was talking to great big groups of people at conferences mm -hmm. and then, you know, the talk is over, they go back to their brewery and right S happens at the brewery. And, you know, that like all those notes you took while you were sitting in the audience at the conference, you're like, I don't even know where that is now. How I'm not, I don't have gotcha. time to apply all of this. Right. And not all of them can follow up with me after a conference. Right. I don't, right. I don't have the ability to follow up with that people individually. So that's 
limited, right? Like that that's serving the industry in a pretty limited way. And then on the other end, I did have consulting clients, but it's only businesses of a certain size that have, you know, the resources to bring an on an on-site consultant on board. Right. So I realized there was just this huge gap of the industry that I really wasn't servicing. And so for with Crafted for All, we've really looked at ways that we can um, allow businesses to you know, get on board affordably and to have continual support rather than I just saw you at a conference one time. Um, so there are a couple of ways you can get in and do this right now. Right. Um, the first is something called the Crafted for All Commitment. Um, so when I, when I first started um, as a diversity ambassador for the Brewers Association, this is like three years ago now, everybody was like, okay, what are the top three things I can do for diversity? And I was just like, you have to be joking, right? Like that, there's a, if, if it was that easy, would yeah. have like all done it by now? You know, so I was just uh, like, there's, yeah. no, there's no one size fits all list. There's no way that I can't tell you what to do just right. so you can check the boxes. Um, and I've been saying that forever, but I got the question so much. I was like, okay, if you're asked a question that many times, it means you have to produce some kind of answer. Right. So what the, the Crafted for All commitment is, is it's a, um, a list of 22 action items in seven areas of your organization's operation. So oh, it covers wow. things like um, onboarding and recruitment. It covers culture. It covers harassment and non-discrimination policy, right? It covers all these different areas. And the idea is... Um, by making this commitment, you are saying we are committed to making progress on all 22 of these action items going forward. Um, so businesses that make the commitment, their logos show up on our website. They can use the Crafted for All logo on, you know, on cans, on their website, wherever they want to put it to show that they've made this commitment. And then there's a monthly newsletter that gets circulated to those people who have made the commitment where um, they get a little bit more instruction from us, but more to the point they share successful strategies with each other. So um, this cidery that's part of the commitment is like, you know what, we really had a lot of luck with this recruitment practice. Right. So they share it with the group. Um, so that's totally free. You can do it today. That is so cool. Right. Oh, you can wow. go to craftedforall.com slash commit and make that commitment. Um, so that's one way. Right. Um, we also have a Patreon subscription community for people who just want a little bit more touches, a little bit more support. Right. Um, so again, this isn't the cost of bringing in a consultant, it, but it's a, an affordable monthly way to get, you know, um, we do working happy hours. We do live streams for our Patreons. They do, Ooh. they get blog posts, they get, um, resources. We do a thing called the flagship Friday where they get um, like a tangible, like an SOP or a sample interview questions or right, things they can use on the business day to day. Um, and then some of the folks who are at upper tiers, like they get an annual talk with me or an annual training with me. I'll come out and do some work with your staff. So, um, so those are the kind of two main ways we're doing things. We're also launching a, a course uh, platform. So uh, we're calling it our learning center. So those will be like classes and trainings that people can buy kind of um, a la carte and say, hey, you know what, we need something on forming a responsibility structure, getting DEI committees to work well together. Ooh. There's a class on this. So that's really know, cool. And a responsibility one. structure, um, going back to that. So what exactly is a responsibility structure? Yeah, so um, 
you know, if you look at um, the literature, like the academic literature on organizational diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, um, you know, one of the big questions is what works, right? Like what's, what gets results? Right. Um, and over and over what the research says is it's not exactly specifically the program or effort you do. It's the existence of a responsibility structure that actually makes things successful. So a responsibility structure is just any formalized way to assign responsibility for driving DEI outcomes to an entity or a process in your business. So do you have a committee or do you have a person or do you have an SOP or do you have a strategic plan? Oh, like, okay. like, like if, cause if there's no responsibility for it, the buck's going to get passed around. Right. Sure. It's just like, oh, okay. Like who does this go to? I mean, yeah. like, yeah, that makes sense. That's right. really interesting. And these courses, so these could be like, so like if you're a brewery owner and you wanted to have like a diversity and inclusion program, like you could buy these courses and have your staff go through it. Yep, absolutely. That's really cool. Being able to provide that for the industry is so valuable, especially right now. And so, and, and that's one thing, because I know you work with the um, Brewers Association and the Georgia Brewers Guild. They just had you on a talk, which was for their annual meeting. How did that go? Um, it was great. So this is actually my second time awesome. uh, speaking to the Georgia Guild. I did, um, I visited them in 2018 and then was back this time. Um, you know, different leadership now since Nancy has moved on. Um, and uh, so newish executive director, but lots of energy in the guild for sure. Um, we, we did some really awesome stuff, you know, so I came down the day before the guild meeting and we actually had this kind of focus group conversation with some, um, like just members of the industry, some, um, people who are leading voices, you know, so Jen was there, um, you know, Jen Price, um, Ail Sharpton was there, some folks who are kind of, um, really pushing the conversation, right, about inclusion and equity in the industry and um, just had some, like, real talk, you know, just like, what do, what do we need to do? How yeah. do we move this needle? Um, and then, you know, address the entire guild um, on the following day. Uh, and it, it's it's exciting. I, I, I genuinely think that Georgia and the Atlanta metro area specifically, like, that is the front edge right of the of the of the movement yeah. that's the leading edge of the movement so i kind of think like what think atlanta does right sets the tone for right. what everybody else is going to do everywhere so um it was cool to be with that group of folks that is so cool and i i know joseph was telling me about the talk and like what you discussed because i and one thing that i've mentioned before with georgia we are such a new industry and the way that we move forward, I feel like, um, do you think that that gives us an advantage because we're such a new and growing industry? Yeah, I, I think so, even just like practically. So a lot of states that have like bigger industries, they may have like more established infrastructure, but it also means they might have like more established hurdles. Right. So, um, you know, it seems like a lot of times the um, later evolving markets and industries can take advantage of like what other states and other markets have like figured out already. So they don't have to like go through the same things. And I, you know, the guild directors all talk to each other to say, Oh, what did you to get 
do to get this piece of legislation or how did yeah. you move forward on this? And so there's a real advantage to kind of being in the position to learn from everyone else, but yeah. also to kind of move quickly. And I think that's absolutely where Georgia is. That's awesome. And I mean, just the everything that you have done and that you're known for in Georgia is really incredible. And so I, another thing that I'd like to touch on, because you're just so at the forefront of this movement right now and uh, what's going forward, what do you hope happens moving forward? What are some hopes that you have for the industry moving forward? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, gosh, right now, and this is just like really top of mind um, at the moment, you know, I've really been reflecting on the last uh, 18 months, right. As this like proving time and the industry and maybe just for, you know, America, right, personally, um, the kind of trifecta of COVID being this kind of long thing that's just been unfolding over time, and then the bookends of the upheaval around, you know, that comes after the, the murder of George Floyd and others and racial inequity in the U.S., and um, the moment of reckoning that we had with, um, you know, the disclosure of widespread um, sexual harassment, gender-based violence in the industry um, this spring, right? If thinking about those two bookends with right. COVID in the middle, right? Yeah. What I, what I really hope happens is that we are smart enough to connect the dots, right? right? So that we don't just um, look at George Floyd and say, oh my gosh, we have a systemic racism problem. Let's try to react to it. And then we all go on our own way. Right. And then we look at COVID and say, oh my gosh, we have a, a wellness and mental health and oh, yes. lack of benefits issue. Um, we have to respond to that. And then we look away and then we're like, oh my gosh, we have a sexual harassment, gender-based mm -hmm. violence issue. Like, that we need to kind of be smart enough to look back through that these these 18 months and connect the dots between right. everything. Um, and that's heavy, right? Like if you do, the one benefit of looking at reacting to every one thing as it comes up is that it's not as heavy. Right? Right. Like you're just like, okay. And cause every, each one of those things is massive, right? Um, and I know the, the, we're all feeling the cumulative effects, right? Yes. Like I, everybody I know right now is like, I am tired. Oh yeah. Right? Like I'm, t I'm tired of responding. I'm tired of caring. Right. I'm tired of feeling like the weight of the world is what I wake up to. So it's hard to connect those dots. But I think if we are, if we support each other in doing so, right, then every response that we have going forward is, is proactive, is comprehensive, is well-informed and makes it so that we're not blindsided when this happens again because it will happen again oh, that's really heavy I mean just I mean but needed but you know that's just a realization where it's like we each time it does happen it's like uh, this can't happen again there's no way but it I mean you're right it will happen again so how do we move forward and how do we try to just come together on this um mm -hmm. I I think that's really important to remember is that it will happen again. So, um, and then another thing with like, you know, everything that happened last year with like the black is beautiful beer and all these different, you know, movements within the industry that happened. 
So what are your thoughts on that movement? Do you think that a lot of change came out of it or do you think it was just more of a marketing tool or what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, the funny thing is like, yes, right? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Like there, there was change, a lot of it. That's and maybe right. for some people, it's not the change you wanted to see, but it was changed nonetheless. Right. Um, you know, I think one of the things that's so important with things like collaboration efforts or things like Black is Beautiful um, I think for lots of us who've been in the industry for a long time or have been allies and activists for a long time, it's really easy to look at something like that and say, that's some performative nonsense. Like right. that's not going to do anything. Right. Um, but I think it's always useful to kind of think about the person who has never come to that conversation. Right. who has never had a thought like that in their head, particularly as it relates to beer. Wow. And who picks up a Black is Beautiful and goes, huh, I, I didn't even think about this. That's pretty wow. cool. Right? Like, um, that's such an important moment. That's really like, cool. It's it's so important to, to make sure there's value placed on that moment because those are future collaborators, yeah. right? Those are future allies. Maybe those are future leaders. Wow. So I don't want to discount anyone's experience of entry into this conversation. Even if, even if personally I might say, gosh, I wish we were all farther along, right? right. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think, I think it's important. And I also think that probably for a lot of people, this is just some marketing and some virtue signaling, right? The, both can be true. And I think that's so much the case in so many of the things that I talk about where <laughs> I'm like, the answer is yes and, yeah. right? Like not yeah. yes, but. I love that viewpoint. Your viewpoint on this is so positive and it's so true because even if someone who's never had to think about something like that picks up the beer and some of the most important conversations happen over beer. So I think that's a really good point to make that even if someone picks up this can of beer and it gets them to rethink the way that they do things in their everyday life or rethink the way they look at people, I think that's really amazing. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. That's really, that's really nice. That's awesome. And I, I mean, there's just so there's so much ahead for us in the industry. I, I do feel so positive because, yes, like the Me Too movement that just happened as well. There's so many different things happening with that. Um, where do you think that Georgia lies on how we move forward from that as well? Yeah. I mean, you have some heavy hitters down there in that state, you know, in terms of people who are um, – speaking out and organizing and willing to make a difference, right. you know, um, who are, you know, acting by their principles and moving on. Um, so, you know, you're as well poised as like any state is. Um, and I mean that not just from the kind of people who are, you know, specifically advocating from a consumer perspective or, you know, from a um, advocacy perspective, but also, um, folks who are really engaged in the work professionally, like you have some breweries who are who are establishing themselves as leaders in terms of like how do we rethink community engagement? How do we um, how do we act as a positive change? You know, uh, a po force for positive change. I mean, I think I'm thinking about you know creature comforts, for example, right. and the ways that they um, really intelligently 
ask themselves questions over and over again. Like, is this who we are? Is this who we want to be? Is this empowering our community? You know, and uh, and for me, the the position of kind of just constantly asking questions rather than purposing to have the answers, right? right? But just really like committing yourself to constantly evaluating, constantly self-evaluating. Um, that's really important. That's really important work. And I think um, you've got some really great eggs down there um, in Georgia. Um, you have, you know, this incredible community of um, breweries and planning with leaders of the brew school who are- Yes, um, I love them so much. Oh, yeah, I who I think are gonna school. be like, yeah, they're, I mean, they're, um, that's the vanguard of, um, of, you know, the next wave of ownership in the industry that, you know, is, was started by, you know, great folks like, you know, Ray up at White Lion, um, you know, Benny and Teo, Crowns and Hops, like there's, you know, all these folks who are kind of pushing the conversation about ownership and the specificity of what, what, you know, does ownership entail for traditionally marginalized communities, because it's not the same, right? Like you don't have that rich uncle who's going to drop 50, 50 K on your startup, right? Um, So, you know, yeah, like Georgia has, it's just like a really, and and this is a beer word that I love. It's a yeasty environment down there, right? (laughs) Like it's bubbling and then exciting things are going to come out. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I am just so, everything that we talked about today, you just are such a bright light. And this is just so, it's making me so hopeful for everything because I do, I just, I love it down here. I love the beer industry all over, but especially down here in Georgia. I mean, just seeing everybody grow from what's happening is, has been really incredible. So I really appreciate your time today. And, you know, thank you for coming on the podcast. This is great. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, um, I love that, you know, hope is a outcome of having this conversation and not just cynicism and sadness. I mean, those things are going to come. We're human, you know, but, um, to you, thank you. And to all your listeners, like the more, the more we can do to kind of think about lifting each other up and healing, um, the better, you know, I, I have this personal belief that healing and being healers, being comforters to our, to our fellow activists, to our fellow advocates is a part of activism that is completely ignored. Yeah. But I think the healer has as much of a role as the person holding the picket sign. And so you all go out there and like care for each other, heal each other, because we need to heal to be able to keep doing this work. Oh, that's really going to make me cry. Oh my gosh. That's so important. It really is. And, um, because yeah, like last year during the protest, it was like we had we were walking miles and miles each day. I did 19 days of protest last year, and um, people on the sidelines who just went home and made coolers full of sandwiches and came out with bottled water just to hand stuff to us. That was so important because you know we're walking around and then you know you get really tired and someone hands you a bottle of water and it's just like that. It's just it, that's just as important too. So, you know, thank you for bring that up and we all need to take care of each other and take care of our own mental health right now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Hello again, Jen Blair. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Thank you for having me again. Of course. 
course. It's so great to have you back. Always a welcome guest. Um, so I'm having you on. Well, first off, congratulations on your new position with Orpheus Brewing. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm super excited to be there. Um, and just like a little for anybody who was listening to the last episode, um, Jason mentioned in the episode when I interviewed him, he said, well, I can't talk about who it is yet, but I'm really excited about this person and I'm excited for them to work here. He was talking about Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just so excited. <laughs> So I'm, I'm so glad that you're that you're there and doing some great things. Um, how has the new transition been? Uh, you know, it's been amazing. I had been wanting to work someplace that had a really robust barrel program that does a lot of, uh, you know, actual innovation and experimentation and really has that feeds into that creativity and passion that I love so much about beer is what got me into beers, what keeps me going in beer and um, at Orpheus, it's, I feel very much at home and having the opportunity to work with mixed fermentations, to work within, you know, wild and tame barrels. I'm, I'm so excited about that. It's amazing. And that's, I mean, that's something Orpheus has been known, has just, is just known for, and they do so well. So I, I'm so excited for you. That's awesome. What a perfect thing for you. And then let's, definitely so. Yeah. And let's talk about this new beer that you all have coming out. Brave Noise. What uh, what is this beer about? So Brave Noise is part of a, um, a collaboration project with Notch Brewing, where Brianne Allen is the production manager there. And they had originally released Brave Noise. It's a hazy pale ale. Uh, after she had started reposting and sharing people's stories of, you know, the harassment and discrimination and abuse they had faced within the brewing industry. And after she released it, several people had said, is this going to be a collaboration? Which uh, wasn't, as if I remember correctly, wasn't necessarily the, uh, the purpose behind it. And at first, I know she was a little reticent about it because you know, we have the the benefit of seeing the Black is Beautiful collaboration that happened last year, which was fantastic. And a lot of breweries did a lot of good. A lot of breweries didn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were stories and the same thing with the, the Campfire beer that Sierra Nevada did. A, a lot of stories about breweries being really quick to sign on and right. say, hey, look, isn't this great? Aren't we being supportive? We're brewing this beer and then not donating the proceeds or, you know, being um, with particularly with Black is Beautiful, you know, doing a very cursory search for a nonprofit in the area that sort of fit, making sure everybody came in for pictures and, you know, maybe they donated, maybe they didn't, but they did make sure that they put those pictures on their social media and then never revisited the nonprofit or built, you know, used it as an opportunity to build a lasting, strong relationship, but really just did it so they could point to it and say, look, see, we're not racist. We brewed this beer. Wow. And, you know, that's with Brave Noise, that was where a lot of the hesitation came in is we don't want this to be that. And, and to be fair, not every, that, that wasn't the case in, you know, in every single brewery that brewed black is beautiful right. for sure. Um, but for many people it was, and what came together with the brave noise collaboration that I think is so fantastic is 
to be able to participate, the first thing you had to do was provide a link to your code of conduct, which is a which had to be available somewhere publicly. Right. And that was, uh, you know, I, I was involved in adapting the Brave Noise recipe for homebrewers to also be able to participate. Um, so I, you know, I had a hand in it. But then when the Brave Noise website went live, that additional step was a surprise for me. And I was so delighted by it because it already, you know, you you're affirmatively saying, yes, here's our code of conduct. And for a lot of breweries, what that meant was needing to get a code of conduct in place and uh you know or realizing that and this was candidly speaking the case with orpheus realizing that yes we have a code of conduct it's very boilerplate um it it says you know we don't we don't put up with this okay and it didn't really go into what we wanted to make sure we were being clear about uh so you know for us and hopefully for a lot of other people being able to participate provided this wonderful opportunity to revisit or create a code of conduct that really spoke to what is it that is okay, what is it that is not okay, and what steps are we going to take. So that code of conduct is one of the very first steps. And then actually, you know, committing to brewing the beer and donating it to a nonprofit that further uh, furthers the purpose of Brave Noise, which is to advocate for safe spaces and inclusivity in the brewing industry. And yeah, so it's there are a lot of really, really great nonprofits that were suggested. There was also a layer of, you know, somebody on the other end of that form is reviewing, is checking your code of conduct. And nobody's grading anybody's code of conduct. It's looking to see, do you have a code of conduct? Do you have it posted somewhere where people can see it publicly? And, you know, the approach we took is, okay, let's revisit our code of conduct. How can we improve it now? And then when Brave Noise gets released, which for us will be on Tuesday, August 31st, when Brave Noise gets released, we'll have a QR code people can scan that will take you to your code to our code of conduct and yeah right yes which our code of conduct right now is posted on our website it's posted on our blog eventually we will have a dedicated page to the inclusivity equity and justice efforts we're making along with resources for customers for other breweries but you know we took that as an opportunity to, hey, let's update it now and then let's think about it for a few weeks. And when we get ready to release Brave Noise, we're going to have this code of conduct that accurately represents who Orpheus is as a brewery, what we stand for, how we support our employees, how we support people in the industry and how we support our customers to make sure that everybody is feeling safe, welcome, inclusive, and, you know, and, and just really overall welcome. I know that's the second time I said welcome, but that's how much we want everybody to know that it's a safe space for them. That's really incredible. I think that's just so transparent first off. And, uh, the other part of it, it seems like to even be able to brew the beer that you have to be like approved to brew the beer, which is even better. So it's not just like, you can't just download the the label and the recipe, like you actually, like the, the people who are brewing this beer actually got approved to brew this beer. Correct. That's yes. Really incredible. That is so special. And uh, when does this beer come out with Orpheus? 
The Orpheus collab will come out on Tuesday, August 31st. That is so exciting. Oh, wow. That's like next week. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Actually, it's going to be, oh, it's coming out the day that this podcast airs. So that's perfect. Oh, excellent. It, so it comes out today. <laughs> We're in the future. <laughs> right, right. And uh, the proceeds for our, 100% of the proceeds for our Brave Noise is going to be donated to Safe Bars which is a nonprofit organization that provides bystander training and anti-harassment training for the alcohol industry. Wow. Um, so we're actually getting Safe Bar certified. Our entire staff is taking the training on September 20th, but we're donating the proceeds of Safe Noise to Safe Bars. Uh, they're then going to use our donation to help local Atlanta area bars and restaurants will be paying for 50% of their safe bars training so they can also get safe bar certified. Wow. That is, and so safe bar certified, what exactly does that mean? So to be safe bar certified, uh, you have to have at least 80% of your staff attend the training. And one kind of interesting thing about the training is they require everybody to be on their own screen. Uh, so it's not, hey, we're all going to meet in, you know, in one of our event rooms and have it on somebody's computer. Each person is on their own personal screen. And the reason for that being they want to make sure that they are interacting with each person who is attending the training. Um, so we receive bystander training. We receive anti-harassment training. We send them, uh, we'll send them scenarios, common scenarios or, you know, what if scenarios uh, that we can actively go through like, hey, this is something that's happened in the tap room before and we weren't sure how to handle it. How should we handle that? So as a group, we can talk about these different scenarios. And then the safe bar certification is good for one year. And so they want you to be certified, to get certified each year because, you know, it's, it's the service industry. There's going to be some turnover um, not every, like, as much as we would love to think that everybody in our, you know, on our team will stay with us year after year after year, right. realistically, that's probably not the case. Uh, so you get cert Safe Bar certified each year. Wow. That's really cool. And so with that certification, is that something that you're trained on things that happen with customers or employees, or is it a mix of both? It's a mix of both. So we also, um, and not, I, I won't get too far off track from oh, Brave sure. Noise, but we've also recently signed up for the Not Me app, which is anonymous third-party reporting for our employees wow. to be able to use. Yeah, it's great. It's app-based. One of the things that we liked about it the most is that it's very employee-focused. It's not management focus. So it really empowers the employees to be able to report any kind of misconduct. Uh, so we do have that available for our employees. We're also doing additional training with our management team on, hey, like what, how do we handle it if an employee reports something directly to us? Like how can we be empathetic, uh, you know, be compassionate, be professional. And, you know, there's a lot of and we, you know, as women in the industry, we're very familiar with gaslighting and with people right. minimizing experiences and not understanding microaggressions. So right. we're making sure that our staff is trained, our management staff specifically trained on, hey, let's make sure that we're 
listening, we're making sure that we're getting the information that we need and also that we're not reacting in a way that we already have an employee potentially re-traumatizing themselves and saying something like, well, that doesn't sound like that person, you know, even though you're trying to help and trying to create a conversation like that, that can send a very powerful message to the employee who's reporting about whether it's safe or not to report this kind of misconduct. So we're getting additional training on that. So with the safe bars, a lot of it is also how do we interact with customers? How can we set boundaries with customers? And then also, how can we look out for our customers and keep keep an eye out to make sure that people are feeling safe? They're, you know, they're feeling okay. They don't look like they might be in distress or need assistance. That's really incredible. Thank you so much for elaborating on that. And because um, I... Because uh, I know safe sir, uh, uh, serve safe because that's like the you know making sure people aren't too inebriated or anything like this. Mm-hmm. Safe bar, this is new to me, so I'm thank you for explaining that. Um, that's really that's really cool. Thank you for going into everything about brave noise. And so uh, I won't say most importantly because most importantly is that it supports this effort. Second most important, what kind of beer is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, you know, I was able to taste it last week and uh, just taste it straight off the fermenter and it's tasting really, really good. So it's a hazy pale ale. Uh, it's a zero IBU. So we there should not be any bitterness from the hops in there, uh, which is actually a first for us at Orpheus. When I was first talking with uh, Jason about the recipe, he said, you know, I've always wanted to try this but I've always been a little scared of it. And I was like, listen, brave noise. Like this is, this is our chance to be brave in the brewing process and try this recipe out. And so there are no um, hot side hops added zero IBU, but we did um, add two pounds per barrel of Sabro and mosaic hops on the, the cold side, like on the fermentation side. And even I, when I tasted it the other day, uh, you know, I, I understand the science behind why we were doing it the way we were, but I can definitely uh, feel Jason's hesitation on, I've never done this before, so <laughs> does it actually work or is everybody just saying that it works because nobody <laughs> wants to admit that it doesn't? Um, but so I can say, I can, I'm proud to report that it does work and there's huge hop aroma and flavor with none of that, with none of the bitterness that you would normally expect from a pale ale, which still doesn't have a ton of bitterness, but um, it's a hazy pale ale. It's around, I think, about 4.7%. So it's a nice, easy drinking oh, pale good. ale. I yeah, that's going to be those. delicious. Right. <laughs> oh, that, that's so great. I can't wait to try it. Well, thank you so much. And I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. I'm glad that yes, you're thank you very much. in a place that you really, that you love. And obviously, Jason, like, is so excited. And I know everybody at Orpheus is, I'm sure, very excited to have you there. That's great. Thank you so much. much for listening what a couple of powerhouses those ladies are so badass i mean just having one of them on the podcast and having both of them today that's that's a real treat y'all i'm pretty proud of that so 
Um, thank you again to Dr. J. You can learn more about her and Crafted for All at craftedforall.com. It's an amazing organization. Definitely hire them. I, I mean, this is just absolutely priceless training and uh, things that are just going to build up the craft beer industry. So I'm really happy to learn more about that and have that on the podcast. And of course, with Jen Blair, I'm so happy for her being at Orpheus. Ugh, Orpheus is just such an amazing brewery uh, as are we have so many amazing breweries here in atlanta i definitely refuse to pick favorites um but this is amazing Bra- uh, brave noise is available today at orpheus be sure to go down there and get some today um so 100 percent of the proceeds from brave noise beer are being donated to safe bars and of course this is the harassment and abuse intervention training uh, for atlanta area bartenders Um, Also today, you can win two VIP passes to the Year 7 celebration, including free food, beer, and a small group tasting with brewmaster and CEO Jason Pellet. He was on the podcast last time. Um, And so when you make a donation to Safe Bars on 831, that's how you get entered. So that's today. So make a donation to Safe Bars and that'll enter you in. Um, If you can't make it to the release and still want to donate, you can donate online at safebars.org slash donate. Um, Or just come on in and pick up a four pack of the release from the brewery at any time. So thank you all so much for listening. It's been so much fun being able to do these episodes and just have these amazing human beings on the podcast. So thank you for listening. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.